how do you create a state from scratch? Secession can feel pretty good, and every nation needs to have a sense of itself, its identity, and where it comes from. But that doesn't make a state. Currency needs to be issued and printed. Revenue needs to be collected. Bills need to be paid. Armies need to be raised. At a more mundane level, the trash needs to be collected. How does all this stuff get done? And how many breakaway movements actually give it much thought? Catalonia, a region of Spain that's seeking to go its own way, is a good case study. Welcome to Benchmark, a show about the global economy. I'm Daniel Moss from Bloomberg View in New York. And I'm Scott Landman, an economics editor with Bloomberg in Washington. The plumbing of a potential new state, how the machinery of government would actually work, might seem pretty mundane in the midst of a heady nationalist campaign, but it's the stuff that determines whether a country succeeds or fails. Joining us is Maria Tadeo a Bloomberg News reporter who's been covering the Catalan independence scene, and Maxime Spahi, an economist for Bloomberg Intelligence in London. Let's bring in Maria first, where she is on the scene in Barcelona. Maria, there have been a lot of developments on this story lately, but if you can just take a step back and, sit and tell us a little bit about why the Catalans, or why Catalonia wants to to declare independence or why they're moving in this direction, or they have been moving in this direction for several years? A lot of people would tell you it has to do with identity. It has to do with the fact that they have their own language, their own history, and the fact that it's always been a very uh, distinct region within Spain. So this goes centuries back. So a lot of people would tell you that's where it starts. Having said that, you'd also get an argument that, you know, there's a kind of started in 2006, when they were meant to have new regional powers and a new regional kind of framework for uh, the way regional powers are enacted in Spain. And then uh, that prompted a backlash from Madrid, who said, look, they're going too far. They're kind of presenting themselves as a nation, and we have to water down the, the bill, right? So a lot of people would tell you that's when it started. And obviously, the real frustration kicked out in 2012, when obviously the crisis in Spain really began to bite, and it began to bite hard in the Catalan administration's pockets. Now, they would tell you this is unfair for us because we pay a lot of taxes to Madrid, which then get distributed to the rest of Spain, but we don't get a fair deal because we're putting way too much money in than we uh, get back in terms of infrastructure spending and more investment in the region. So a lot of people would tell you it has to do with history, but also the fact that there's been a series of maybe political issues lately, and obviously the fact that there was a crisis, and this is, uh, in its very essence, a question about money. Now, there are many parts of individual countries that have unique culture, unique language, a unique way of looking at the world. That alone doesn't give you the building block of a state. You can see yourself as a nation, but you also need to have a state. How much thought has gone into what the state would look like and how it would work? That's a great question. And in fact, you can look at Spain and see other regions that also have their own language, that also have their own uh, history, and that, you know, have had a very strong regional identity for centuries. So obviously within Spain, Catalonia is not an exception. You can say there's other regions that also uh, the same case would apply. Now, the question is, 
how do you become a state? And most importantly, who is going to recognize that you're a state? Well, so far, Catalonia, you know, there's basic infrastructure and basic structures that they lack. And they've admitted to this, like having their own tax agency. The money, the taxes are collected through the central government tax agency. So, again, that's something that Madrid has powers over. Then, you know, if you look at things like territorial and border control, that's something that Madrid has control over. So, again, it's a question of do you have the fundamental infrastructure that you need? The Catalan government would tell you we do. However, they've never been tested or put to the test. So there are question marks as to whether they would even work. So I, as an Australian and an American, if I wish to travel to the country, to the state of Catalonia, do I need a visa? What currency should I take with me? What's their banking system like? Do they have any relationships with banks here in the United States? Has anyone thought about this? Yeah, that is a good point. And essentially what the Catalan government will tell you is, look, There is no way we're going to get kicked out of the European Union. We're going to get to keep the euro, and you won't need a passport to get in and out of uh, Catalonia because we'd be a European country. Now, the point here is that no one from the European Commission, which is, you know, would uh, obviously exercise its power, has come out and said this would be the case. In fact, we're getting the opposite. The Commission is saying, look, as it stands, the law that prevails is the Spanish Constitutional Court, and, and we don't think this is a valid referendum. Again, this all goes back to the very basics of it. Is this a legal vote, and is, do they have a legal mandate? So far, we don't think that's the case because no one has recognized it. And have they put thought into this? Yes. But again, what you hear from the Catalan administration is that they think life would go on as normal. Is there a guarantee that that would be the case? At this point, not really. If Catalonia were actually to become independent from Spain, given Catalonia's role in the Spanish economy, like you were just talking about, you know, it's basically a more prosperous area than the rest of the country. Would it be pretty devastating for the economy of the rest of Spain? would obviously have an impact on the uh, Spanish economy. I think there's no, no one can deny that this is a powerhouse economy that rivals Madrid, essentially, and the Basque country, too. And obviously, it would have an impact on the broader uh, nation. There's no question. But again, the question mark is, what could happen to an independent Catalonia? You need to keep in mind that a lot of the businesses that you know are based in Catalonia actually do a lot more business with the rest of Spain than they do with you know inside Catalonia. And also, this opens up a broader question, which is, will they get to keep the same trade relationship with the European Union if they were to separate? And that is obviously a much bigger question. Now, you can live without Spain, but without access to the European market, that's a much broader uh, issue. Right, because Catalonia would be a separate country, therefore it would have to go through EU entry procedures, and until that time it would not be in the EU, which means they can't use the euro, which means they don't have a trade relationship in the single market, which means they have to use the WTO, which means they'd be subject to tariffs. What will they call their currency? Who will run their central bank? I just get the impression no one's really thought with any intellectual rigor about this. That's a good point. And again, it's a a question that you're never actually able to get a clear answer from the Catalan administration because they insist that there's going to be no need to return back to an old currency. Again, if you remember, before the euro, Catalonia had the Spanish peseta. So the question is, would you go back to an old Spanish currency or would you create your own? And the fact here is that the Catalan administration 
doesn't really have answers to these questions because they always insist we're not going to get kicked out and we're not going to be forced out of the euros and so we're going to get to keep the euro. Obviously, when you look at the market reaction and businesses here, they think the answer may not be as clear-cut, which is why we got more than 20 companies leaving the region since the referendum took place and why two of the region's biggest banks, Cash Bank and Savaday, decided to move their headquarters because they wanted to send a strong message to the market that no matter what happens, we're going to be a Eurozone bank backed up by the European Central Bank, precisely because we don't have a concrete answer on this. And what would happen if you tried to have this conversation with the people in the square waving the flags, carrying the candles? What's a central bank? What's a currency? What's a tax? Exactly. This is this is a very emotional uh, topic of conversation here in Catalonia. There are people who would say, look, we have uh, obviously it's not going to be easy, but we think we can get it done. And again, go back to the point that we're not going to get kicked out from the European Union. Some other people just don't question it. They think, look, it's, it's, it's all going to be fine. And actually, if we do have to pay a price, it might be worth it. You know, we're going to be an independent nation and this is what we want. It might mean that, yeah, times are going to be rough, but actually it's worth it in the end. There are some others who say, especially the business community, this uncertainty, we don't like it. This lack of clarity, we don't like it. And again, the business community reached out to the Catalan regional president, Carlos Pichdemont, and said, we need to find a middle way to get uh, you know, an answer to this, this, this issue and, and the Catalan issue. Because, again, for the business community, it's really not clear-cut. The business would go on as usual. Maria, it's an interesting story with many more dimensions than we can even cover on a day-to-day basis. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Not too worry, anytime. Let's go now to Maxime Esbahi. He's an economist with Bloomberg Intelligence in London. Maxime, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. I read a piece that you and your colleagues at BI wrote recently and pretty downbeat on how Catalonia would function or, or the challenges that they would face as an independent nation. You know, I was really struck by a line that you said that Catalonia could find itself combining trade arrangements worse than those of post-Brexit Britain with a monetary system more like Kosovo's. That doesn't sound too good. Can you tell me a little bit more? It, it sounds a bit scary. Yes, indeed. Um, so in this piece, what we did is um, actually trying to see what an independent Catalonia would look like economically. So our central scenario is that uh, Catalonia won't declare independence or as soon as they really do, uh, the Spanish government in Madrid is going to seize power by triggering Article 155 of the Spanish constitution. But in this piece, what we wanted to see is if Catalonia uh, wins independence, how is it going to look like on an economic angle? And since they would probably exit the Eurozone, the European Union, and they have no World Trade Organization membership, they would from day one end up having no regulation, having uh, no possibilities of actually doing trade with the rest of the world. They would lose all the membership cards that Spain enjoys. And this would amount to being like in a situation like Kosovo, where Kosovo is using the euro as a currency, but has absolutely no influence on the monetary policy of the eurozone. And at the same time, Brexit would actually be quite uh, similar in a sense that all these trade agreements would, from day one, just um, disappear and you would end up having to go to the World Trade uh, Rules. But again, Catalonia doesn't belong to the World Trade Organization. So even that would be not available for them. Unlike Brexit, 
The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland is a country that exists. It's a member of the UN. It's a member of the IMF. It's a member of the World Bank. It's a thing. Exactly. There is no country Catalonia. So they're much worse if they go their own way than the UK is now. That's true. They would uh, they would have basically no international uh, status. Uh, there's a lot of state that, uh, I mean, if you look at Kosovo, for example, that happened in 2008 and there's still uh, the vast majority of states don't recognize Kosovo. Catalonia, it would be it would be probably the same thing. They would have to go through a very long process if they, if they would like to re-enter the European Union, if they would like to re-enter the Eurozone. You lose access from one day to the other, but then it takes years I mean, really years. Bulgaria, for example, has been waiting since 2007 to enter the Eurozone. So it's a very long process that you would have to go through as soon as you declare independence from Spain. Have the people in Catalonia, or at least the leaders that are sort of pushing the independence movement, do they have this infrastructure set up already for the state ready to go if they declare independence? Or are they basically starting from scratch if, if they were actually to, to become independent from Spain? So that's that's a good question. I think I think we should ask uh, them the question. Obviously, I don't think that the state is fully prepared to do that, and I don't think that the citizens, when they voted in this very controversial referendum, that the citizens exactly know what was at stake here. Declaring independence is one thing, but then telling the citizens, if we do that, you will lose maybe your currency, uh, you will lose all the trade agreements, you might lose also obviously the all the travel freedom in Europe. I think there's much more at stake than what was on the ballot. And this is also why it's very controversial in Catalonia, this referendum, the fact that only 40% participated and the fact that there's a minority maybe or 50-50 of the population that doesn't want uh, independence right now. That's a revelation. The impression one gets from watching international TV channels, reading international newspapers, is that this is a slam dunk as far as people in Catalonia are concerned. You're saying only a minority favour breaking away? Well, if you look at the result of the referendum, so the referendum was illegal. So you had 90% or 90% saying um, they wanted independence, but only 40% voted during that referendum. So if you add up the figures, it's a minority. That doesn't mean that if more people had voted, that the result would be different. But declaring independence on such a small, illegal not legitimate, I would say, basis is questionable, obviously. And we've seen some protests actually two weeks ago of the anti-independence movement. And there were, um, I would say, hundreds of thousands of people in the streets on Sunday, people just with the Spanish flag saying, we don't want to have independence. One must keep in mind that the regions in Spain already enjoy some autonomy. Catalonia has its own government, its own police. It has its own taxes, also national ones, but obviously more regional ones. So it, or it is already enjoying some kind of, uh, of autonomy. Obviously not enough for the people that want to push for independence. For example, they think they are giving too much money to the central state. They are net contributors to the national budget. But the bottom line here is that, yes, there are a lot of people in Catalonia that don't want to have independence. And um, this is why I think the, the best way to solve this problem would be to have a real vote, an actual vote in the good conditions. But this is very unlikely to happen anytime soon. Here's the bottom line for what Dan raised in our intro. Will the trash continue to be collected in Catalonia? Isn't that all that really matters in the end? <laughs> well, at the end, the disruption in, in Catalan's daily life 
if they really go to independence, if they lose all these um, trade agreements and all these uh, uh, multilateral agreements they're enjoying, the effect could be quite significant on the daily life of uh, the Catalan citizens in terms of jobs, in terms of inflation, in terms of being able to collect money to go to the ATM and have euros. So... I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, the question is is pretty much about the quality of life and about what's the future they want in the region. Has anybody asked the leaders of the independence movement what their plans are for monetary arrangements, budgetary arrangements, revenue raising, border and customs? Has anybody actually asked them that, demanded that they explain well, there has not been a real campaign ahead of the vote, and I haven't seen anything where they really explain what they want. I've seen some declarations of some uh, supporters of uh, the Catalan president, Puigdemont, saying that they could uh, resort to capital controls or to some form of economic coercion to make sure that uh, the, the capital flows don't um, don't leave Catalonia. Um, the, the question, obviously, I mean, to me, the business... Some banks, for example, have already left, right? They moved their headquarters away from Barcelona and they put them in the Baleares or in Madrid. So they already preventively uh, made a move to make sure that they don't get disrupted in the business. But I think, yeah, the question for the Catalan government is, are you ready to go all the way down this path? And are you ready to assume the responsibility towards your citizens? I think this is the, the, the very central question here. Maxim, before you go, a 30,000 foot question. What makes Catalonia so special? I mean, why doesn't Bavaria want to break away? Why not Brooklyn secession? What's so great about the Catalonians? So actually, the, the, the funny story is that Bavaria is actually a party that also advocates independence, but they only have a few votes, right? They're, they're not big at all at the national stage or even at the regional state. Catalonia is, um, from the history of Spain, uh, from the Franco era, uh, from the civil war, it has an, an identity, a cultural identity that is probably stronger than other regions in, in Europe. It is also 20% of the Spanish GDP. And as I said, it's a net contributor to the national Budgets. So there's a lot of, for the, for the independentists, there's a lot of arguments, if you line them up like this, of saying we could actually do well just by ourselves without the Spanish uh, state and the Spanish authority. Again, this idea might be at first sight an interesting one. But if you go really on the technicalities of this, if you were to go all the way down that path, you would lose, I think, more than you would win by declaring independence. We'll have you back when Brooklyn declares independence. That's a deal. Maxime, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Dan, what do you think of all this? Did this answer your questions about whether anybody's thought of the real issues that have to be taken care of if a country actually becomes independent? I'm left with the impression that few people have contemplated or at least articulated what the machinery of state in an independent Catalonia would look like. It's all very well to wave a flag in a square and hold a candle at midnight, but how does the business of government get done? It's not glamorous, but it strikes me that it's pretty essential. What you're saying seems like it could be applied to a lot of countries in the world today. On the other hand, this is how things happen in the world, how revolutions, how all these kinds of issues that we cover you know, actually get done. It comes down to how people feel, and then 
the actual machinery of government follows later. Benchmark will be back next week. And until then, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal, Bloomberg.com, our Bloomberg app, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Stitcher. While you're there, take a minute to rate and review the show so more listeners can find us. And let us know what you thought of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Scott Landman. Dan, you're at Moss underscore Eco. Maria is at at M-A-R-I-A-T-A-D. And Maxime is at at M-X-S-B-A. Benchmark is produced by Sarah Patterson. The head of Bloomberg Podcasts is Francesca Levy. Thanks for listening. See you next time.